0: Glory to God. Well, let's go to John chapter 1, verse 12. Glory to God. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, But of God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And you know, I've read uh, verse 12, 13, and 14 together a whole lot, but I have looked over verse 13 apparently a whole lot, because this morning, There was a whole lot of stuff coming out of verse 13. And I've I've always kind of looked at verse 12 because he gave us a right to be a son of God. And verse 14, because the Word, Jesus, was made flesh and he dwelt among us. But verse 13, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Glory to God. I was looking at that and I'll endeavor to not jump ahead too bad. Try to take you along. That's the the difficulty for me is in the last three days I've read thousands and thousands of scriptures and searched them out and read them and I get so excited. And I'll walk in and I'll tell my wife blah 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 and she's like, huh. I'm like, do you not understand and, she, and this blank look. Because, see, I didn't bring her along. She didn't get to read the other 900 verses to build herself up to be able to understand and to be able to see all of the stuff that I saw. And so I get so excited, I just want to go, bleh, and everybody go, yay. (laughs) So I'll endeavor to carry you along because uh, I've had a great time the last couple of days reading and looking at this stuff. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. And while you're on the way there, I'm going to read John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Glory to God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 1, verse 2. It says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world. You see, Jesus, he was there in the beginning. When the Spirit of the Lord hovered across the deep, and God spoke, Light be, Jesus was there. When God formed man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, Jesus was there. When Adam walked on the earth and God took the animals to Adam and Adam named the animals for what they would be and they became what he named them, Jesus was there, the word was there. It was with him when everything was created and Jesus knew the innermost workings of how man should be on the earth. He saw it firsthand in our Bible reading. We're reading through starting in Genesis and I've, I've enjoyed it so much because as I read the Old Testament, especially the last three years down here, this group of people, we read through the New Testament three times. And now we're going through the Old Testament. And I don't know about you, but as I read it, I go, oh, that was this. And then I can go to the New Testament and it makes more sense. Because all of the New Testament was written to people that knew the Old Testament. It was written to people and they make reference after reference after reference about the Old Testament because the New Testament church were scholars in the Old Testament. They knew the word. And so they would make a reference to something that was chapters worth of information and they would throw just a one-line reference thinking they already know that. And so it's great with this word, he was there in the beginning. He had direct knowledge of absolutely everything that went on from the first to the last, he knew it all. And then God chose to make him flesh that he could walk among men. He could be down here to show us what the original plan was for a man made in the image of God. Glory to God. And verse 3 in that, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, Upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, as he hath an inheritance obtained, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. Skip on down to Hebrews 2 and 16. says, Verily he took not on him the nature of angels. I like that. Because he took on the nature of his brothers, not angels. Glory to God. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. 17, Wherefore in all things... It behooved him to be like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. You see that reconciliation takes us all the way back to when God created man in all of his glory before sin entered the world. We're reconciled back. Dave was talking about it Friday night, how God paid for you to get, be all the way back to perfect health, perfect condition before sin ever entered the world. That's what Jesus did. He paid for that state prior to sin ever entering the earth. Glory to God. It's so awesome. Go to First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 6. I'm sorry. I jumped to another one. Which lives and abides forever. Then I went to Philippians. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 6. This is Jesus, who being in the form of God. Now wait, we just read that Jesus was in the form of his brother. And then the word's got to be true. This word says, being in the form of God. You see, God made man in his own image. Sometimes we get caught up in all of this other stuff. And we look at us in our form where sin has reigned. Where the enemy is the ruler of this earth. We look at that form and we have pulled it so far away from the form of God. You see, Jesus was the express image of his father, of his being. When he walked on the earth, he said himself, if you've seen me, you have seen my father. If you've seen my works, you know what my father's will is. If you're sick, I've never turned anybody away. How many of you have found a scripture where somebody came to Jesus and said, thou son of David, have mercy on me, and he said, I need to finish my meal. Give me just a few minutes, I'm going to eat the rest of this plate, and then I'll talk to you. Have you found that? See, I grew up in a denomination where it was taught, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes it's not the will of God to heal you right then. Well, you know, there's a scripture in the New Testament where Jesus and his disciples had so many people coming to him, they couldn't even eat. They couldn't even finish their food or sit down to a meal because all of these droves and multitudes of people come at him wanting stuff and he didn't turn them away. So much so it said they couldn't even eat. So the sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't is a fantasy somebody made to make them feel better. It's something they laid their hands on somebody and they didn't see an immediate response. And so instead of it being their fault, they said, well, you know, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And because we get too full of pride, we don't want it to be our fault. We don't want it to be on us. But God made man in his image. He made Jesus in the image of his brothers and sisters. And then we just read he He was in the form of God. Verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God? God. But he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The message says he had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. The living Bible says, but he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking on the guise of a servant and becoming like men. See, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he had been around to see all of this stuff happen. He had seen Adam as the man of God in all of the glory and the splendor that came with it, when God would come down in the garden in the cool of the day and he would commune with Adam and Adam understood him. He's looking out and Adam's looking up and he goes, hey God, you put another star over there. Yeah, it's at this point, it's this size and I hung it by this and Adam understood it all the exact location, how he formed it, how he made it, the molecular molecular structure of it, he understood it from the very beginning to where God could talk to him and explain mathematical feats we still don't understand. And Adam go, oh, that's great. And understand it, not just go, oh, great. There's times that... I tell my wife about something we're building. and I'm like, oh yeah, and it's a, you know, it's got a 512 roof going down to a 412 shed roof. And she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Adam didn't have to do that. Adam understood because he was made in the image of God. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was a too much God. He showed the, the very nature of God the Father. When he walked the earth and they were hungry, he took five loaves and two fish. And he held them up and he said, Lord, I know you want them fed, basically. And you can take this little bit and you can make it a lot because nothing's impossible with you. And see, he knew the heart of the Father, he knew him so well, he knew this was not a feat. This was not something hard. This this God makes stars and planets and rivers and streams and trees and all of the different life form and all of the different colors of fish in the sea. And he's looking at five loaves and two fish thinking, wow, this is a bountiful supply. God, look what I got you to work with. This will be easy. Set them down. We're going to feed them all. And he started breaking it and handing it out. And God supplied an abundance so much they had to take basketfuls back up. Well, they didn't even start with basketfuls. So just if he would have broke it and ended up with 12 or 17 basketfuls at the end, it would have been a miracle of God to take five loaves and two fish and break them and end up with 17 or 12 baskets full. That would have been a miracle. But to feed 5,000 men, plus women and children, all that they could eat and still have baskets left over, that shows the very nature of our Father. As Brother Moore talks about all the time with the bananas, more bananas fall in the jungle than all of the animals around them can eat. God knows the very hairs of each of our heads. He understands exactly how many hairs we have. He understands us fully and completely. Don't you think he would know how many bananas it takes? Don't you think he would know how many baskets full to divide it into to feed this number of people exactly? But he said in Psalms, my cup runneth over. Glory to God. He's such a good God. He's so good to us. And to watch Jesus. Remember when Peter was uh, along the beach and they had just come in from fishing and Jesus was being pressed by the crowd and he was backed up to the water and this great crowd of people were pressing upon him and he looked to Peter and he said, hey, let me in there. Let me push out. I got to get away from these people or I can't help them. And so Peter being a nice guy. I mean, he could have refused him. He could have said, I don't know who you are. I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm taking a nap. I'm done. My day's over. My boat's already tied up. But he didn't. Jesus gets in his boat, and they push out. Well, to stay there, they had to put anchors out. They had to put lines out and hold him in a place. And Jesus ministered to people. And then again, we see the heart of God, the Father. Because Peter sowed into Jesus his boat, his time, his crew. And because he had sown into Jesus and the ministry he had, immediately the will of the Father is to pay him back. And so he tells him, go, push out into the deep, throw your nets down for a draft. Peter's like, we have toiled all night. We caught nothing. My nets are clean, I'm tired, I'm ready to go home. But he had listened to Jesus and he said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll go out, I'll throw the nets well, you know the story. They caught so many fish, their nets began to break. They couldn't pull them in. And not only did he bless Peter and his boat, he blessed other boats. Peter's friends came over in their boats. And they took hold of the fish so much that not just Peter's boat was sinking, but his buddy's boats, they were also sinking. Because our God is a too much God. Our God is a more than enough. I don't want to just bless your house. I want to bless everybody around you's house. I know they sowed into my life and I don't just want them to know how good I am. I want all their neighbors to know how good I am. You know, Peter later on, had he stayed around and not forsook all and followed them, that would have been quite the topic. Man, we let that guy speak in the boat for a few hours and we caught more fish than we caught in months. About sunk our boats. We had to get to the shore quick. We had to call in help and get more boats involved and, and it was amazing the amount of fish they got. And you see people, they saw that. They saw Jesus, the express image of the Father. And this express image, only doing what his dad told him to do, looked at that seed and thought it was precious and valuable. And the harvest was immediate. Immediately, he threw in his net, reaped a harvest more than they could handle, and it blessed and overflowed. Into his family, into the other boats and their families. And I'm sure if he's like most fishermen, they got markets that they buy stuff from, that blessing flowed to a whole community. Because he's the express image of the Father. Glory to God. And he only does those things that the Father tells him to do. Glory to God. Go to Romans 8 chapter 14. Now remember in John we read that as many as believe on him, we are given the power to become a son of God. Well, in Romans fourteen or eight fourteen, he says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. You see, if you're led by the Spirit, that's what's so awesome about the teachings we receive here. How to be led by the Spirit. That can easily be translated how to be a son of God. Because if you're led by the Spirit, you're a child of God. So as we learn to grow in being led and we learn to, to be able to hear and do quicker and easier and smoother, we're learning more and more how to be like Christ, how to be like our joint heir. You know, um, <laughs> the other day we went somewhere to eat and uh, I was standing there going to get some food, and there were some people, and they weren't being mean, but they were going to get food. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the lady turned, and she goes, oh, I know you from church. I was like, oh, and I didn't have any idea who she was. I was like, oh, okay. And she goes, you're from, and she named another church. And I was like, no, ma'am, I go to Faith Life Church. Now, her demeanor immediately changed. <sighs> You're Keith Moore's church. Now, it wouldn't have mattered who I was. She had no clue who I was. She didn't have any idea. She just thought she recognized me. She didn't know me. She just thought she recognized me. But the moment I said I was with Faith Life Church, she immediately put me in the context with the head of the ministry, Keith Moore. And her demeanor immediately went to what she would want Brother Moore to see her as. They immediately went to, oh, yes, sir, you guys be blessed. Have a blessed day. And they, they weren't mean beforehand. Now, don't get me wrong. They weren't being mean before. They weren't being unruly. They weren't doing anything out of the norm. But the moment they visualized me and connected me with Brother Moore, their whole demeanor and the way they talked and acted around me and my family changed. You see, just the association changed the way somebody perceived me. We are a child of the Most High God. Just being a child of God changes everything around you. Things have to respond differently around you than they do with somebody else. The flu comes by your house. It has to keep going because it knows there is a son of God in there and I don't want to get beat up. So I'm just going to go around that house and go down to some place where I'm welcomed. And so all of the things in our life because we are a joint heir. Because we are a child of the Most High God. The moment you stand up and you say, No, it's not lawful. Remember when Paul was getting beaten. They captured him and they took him in and they were beating him and they had been beating him. And he turns to him and he goes, Is it lawful for you to beat me? A Roman citizen immediately fear went over the ones that were beating him. And they ran to their captain and said, He's a citizen. They were scared. They went to him and said, Oh, come on, we'll usher you out the side gate. Nobody will ever know you were here. He's like, I'm not going out a side gate. I'm a Roman citizen and you just beat me. You don't have a right to beat me. I want to talk to somebody. They're like, Oh, we're in so much trouble. Demons are the same way. Demons have to flee. The moment sickness tries to come on you, you just stop and go, is it lawful for you, a sickness and disease, a part of the curse to be on me, a child of the Most High God? Is that lawful? And he's going to go, oh, no, no, sorry. I didn't recognize you. But I do now. I'll just go out the side door. Nobody will ever know I'm here. You see, because of who we are, who we were created to be, everything in our life has to adjust. When Peter walked down the street, they knew in the town that there was something different on him. They knew that everything responds different to Peter. So much so, every day they get up and they look, which way is the sun shining? Oh, over there. We want to be on the right side of the road. And they would take the sick people and lay them on the shadow side. We don't want to be on the sunny side. We want to be on the side the shadow falls on. Because even the shadow of Peter heals the sick. Even the shadow where he's passing by, everything changes at the shadow of Peter. That's not even the man. That is the shadow, the evidence that he's coming by. And at the evidence of a man anointed of God, sickness flees off of other people. They had faith in the shadow of Peter as he walked by. Glory to God. God's coming back soon. And He's going to come back for a glorified church. A church without spot or blemish. A church that everywhere we walk in our shadow falls, the grass has to be greener. Stand taller. Look better Brother Jesse was talking about heaven and how he didn't even want to step on the grass because it was so beautiful. You just just don't want to put your foot on it because the grass is so beautiful. He said it just kind of parted and then you pulled your foot up and it just went back into place. Glory to God. Well, that's heaven. He said to pray that God's will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Well, if it's God's will for the grass to respond to a child of God in heaven, it's God's will for the grass to respond to a child of God here on the earth. It's God's will for sickness and disease. It's not allowed in heaven. Have you noticed that? There's no crying there, there's no fear, there's no torment. There's no sickness. There's no disease. That's the way God planned it. And he put a garden together with men and women in it. And he told them, this is it. This is the way it's to be on this earth. But they fell away from that. So he sent Jesus. He said, son, you remember how we made it, right? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. He goes, you go show them how it's done. And so he did. And so if we look at what he did, how he did it, how he made it, how he healed, how he delivered, how he set free, how he walked through life, how he didn't turn anybody away, we see the express image of our Father God. We see what he wants us to do. He is our example. The King James says example. It really messed with me for a long time. I'm about to get past it. Example Anyway He is our example He's the one That we're to pattern our life after I don't know about you But when I was a little kid My grandma wasn't very tall And when we were little We'd run up every time we saw her And we'd hug her And she'd hold her arm out And we'd be about this tall And then this tall And then this tall And I remember it was such a feat When she held her arm out And I didn't fit under there I thought, man, I'm growing up. I'm getting big. I can't fit under Grandma's arm anymore. I'm getting to be such a big boy. I can't fit under her arm. Well, we, me, myself, I set my sights on so many lower visions. Well, if I can just get to where this person is or that person is or where that is or that ministry or this thing... All of our eyes need to go so much higher because we're to look under Christ Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith and our faith walk here. He's the one we're to raise our level to, not to be like Aunt Jo or Aunt Claire Bell or these other people. They're great people. They're mighty warriors of God. I remember my aunt Joe taught me in kindergarten I believe it was and I always thought man she's just so great she knows so much stuff and you know it followed for years and years and years because she was a wise lady but you know if I just set my sights on aunt Joe I could never obtain the promise that God gave for us to fulfill because Aunt Jo is a great woman. But my, my sights were too low. My sights need to be raised up. And, and my Aunt Jo is a great godly woman. She's at home in heaven right now. And she's a great woman. But she would not want me to aspire to be at her level. She would go, come on, boy, you're better than that. Get on up there. You can do better than that. And all of the righteous people that we aspire to be like, if they're truly righteous, they want you to have bigger and better than they have. Jesus, when He was on the earth, He was the same way. You might as well go there. Um, John chapter 12. <laughs> Actually, go to 14 and 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus himself wanted you to do bigger and better than what he did when he was on the earth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. 13... And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 14. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Glory to God. Greater works than these. He told us that if we look at him and what he's done We can do greater works, more in number. He ministered for about three years. How many of you have been alive longer than three years? (laughs) We have a longer time span, and we have a book that maps it out. We have a manual that tells us how to respond, what the will of the Father is, how to go about it, how to complete it. And for me... I get caught up in other stuff and I don't go back and look at the manual often enough. And then I go back and I look at it and go, ah, I missed that the other day. I could have, I could have been on seven instead of five. I could have been on two instead of one. Because the manual gives us a roadmap map of how to grow up and be a child of God. How to grow up and become a joint heir with Jesus Go to Galatians chapter 4. (laughs) This will be in the Message Bible, Galatians 4 and 6. You can tell for sure you are now adopted as his own children because God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our lives crying, Papa, father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you're not a slave, but a child? Glory to God. And if you're a child, you're also an heir. I like the way they put this. With complete access to the inheritance. I got... Privileged one time I was playing basketball and I was downtown in Branson and I wasn't aware of it, but a bus pulled in and Lee Greenwood gets out in shorts and a t-shirt and comes over and wants to play basketball. And we found out that day everywhere he went, he played basketball and he canceled a concert one time because they closed the basketball court to him and wouldn't let him play. So he drove his bus out of the town and called him and told him, if you won't let me play ball, I'm not going to sing either. <laughs> and uh, so I was playing ball downtown one day and he came out and he asked to join our game and played and his his guys are pretty decent. They're actually decent at ball. And uh, so we were playing ball and he wrote, had Kip, his road manager, write on a note, access, and it said... And they were singing in Branson. And he told me, he goes, you just walk around. This is my bus. You come around, knock on the door. I'll let you in. We'll give you full access. I thought, that's cool. Well, I didn't know what, really what full access was. I didn't hadn't really been around any of that industry or anything like that. And so I walk around. I find the bus. I knock on the door. And Lee Greenwood comes to the door. And he's like, hey, Rob, come on in. So I walk in. I sit down on the bus. And... He goes, I got a new video. I want you to look at it. It hadn't been released yet. I want you to look at it. And it was a um, promotional video that he sends to people, I guess, wherever he's going to travel to. And so he puts it in, and I'm watching it, and he's going, yeah. You know, and he's talking about the video. And I was like, this is really cool. Because I always liked Listening to him. I grew up in listening to a lot of country and southern gospel, and I enjoyed listening to it. And then he just showed up where we were playing ball, and now I'm sitting on a bus with him. And his band comes in, and they see us there, and we'd played ball a little bit ago. And so you're just part of the group immediately. And so I get off the bus. The video was neat, you know, and he did the McDonald's jingles and all of that. And he goes, you want to know my number one song, Made More Money Than Anything Else? McDonald's and you. And so he uh he had the little jingles for McDonald's and it had made him more money than anything else. And so he's telling me all of this stuff because he gave me access. And so he comes off the bus and he goes, Hey, I, I'm gonna change real quick. Go ahead and run in with my wife. She was Miss Tennessee or something. And so we run in, we sit on like the front row. In front of everybody. They walk us in, set us down. And, and it was just neat. After the, the concert, he hollers at us, brings us around. We walk around back. We're helping them roll cords and just talking with everybody. But we could go anywhere because at that moment, he gave me free access and full access to everything that they had. And they had the whole place. So the little badge that... This guy gave me that was on my shirt everywhere I walked. People acted like I had known him for years and I had known him less than 24 hours (laughs) because they gave me complete access. So when I looked at that scripture and the way the message worded it, you can go ahead and put it back with complete access to the inheritance. I thought, Glory to God. We got a full access pass. We can go anywhere in the kingdom. We can do anything that the kingdom allows. Yes. I got to walk in and 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 talk to the band and the, got to help them hook up um, the plugs for their guitars and move stuff around and just talk to them. And they're they're standing there. Well. I guess we better go there. Everybody's here. We're going to have to go ahead and start. We're still standing just jabbering on the platform, and almost all of the people are back up there for their little encore thing. And we're just standing there talking, and all of those people now think I'm a part of that group. And for weeks after that, when I I saw somebody in Walmart or wherever... They were like, oh, weren't you on the stage with Lee Greenwood? I was like, well, yeah. They just assume that's who you are. That was 24 hours that I saw them. I've never seen them since. But it was so cool because of the association. For that moment, because I had a complete access, everybody just assumed, well, when you are a part of this church, a part of the body of Christ, a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ, you've been granted full access. You can go, glory to God, you can go anywhere in the kingdom and everybody's going to treat you like a child of the Most High God because you have a badge that grants you full access. You have the ability to step into whatever you want to step into. Remember, he said he would give you the desires of your heart. He said he would fulfill those in your life. So when you walk in and you go, man, I'd really like to look at that. Like one of the guys had a really cool guitar. It's like, man, that's really cool. He goes, here. I don't know the guy. We played an hour and a half of basketball and he's going to show me his guitar on the platform. I mean, the whole thought, I hadn't thought of that at all in years and years and years until complete access. And it just dawned on me what that means. What we have at our fingertips. The kingdom of God. We have complete access. Everything... That God the Father made us and created us for. We have complete access. Glory to God. That to me is so awesome. Because he's no respecter of persons. So when you see people that are godly people in these awesome things. The only difference between you and them is they may have spent a little more time looking at the things of God than you did, but you have every ability. The Spirit of the living God resides in you. You have the ability to walk down the street and your shadow heal people because he's no respecter of persons. You have the ability to bless somebody and that blessing roll over on them, their boat and another boat and another boat and a whole community. You have the ability because the Lord said when Jesus sent them out, he said if they receive you, leave your blessing with them. If they don't, shake the dust off your feet, leave them. But the blessing stayed on them if they wanted. They had the ability to leave a blessing where they were. It doesn't say anything about who they stayed with. It just says they were able and had ability and access to take the blessing and leave it on them. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Glory to God. (laughs) Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 12 in the NIV. It says, In Him, through and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom. And confidence in Jesus through what he did, through him, we can go and approach God. That's full access. When you can go into the holy of holies, you remember the priest, they got to go in there once a year and they tied a rope around them because they didn't know if they was going to make it. And so they tied a rope around them and put a bell on them. And they listen, <laughs> Brother, we don't know if you're going to make it, so we're going to put this bell and this rope on you. Now, you better ring it once in a while because we're dragging you out if it, didn't quit, if it quits ringing. <laughs> and so they would go in once in a while to the Holy of Holies and only the high priest was allowed. And apparently it happened enough that they tied, had a need to tie a rope on the priest. Apparently they didn't make it enough that... Did you bring the rope? Oh, Give us just a minute, sir. We go get the rope. We saw you yesterday, and we're going to need a rope. Otherwise, maybe a bunch of us going down trying to get you out. You see, they had to have the rope on them, and they tied it around to go into the presence of God because if everything wasn't right, if their heart wasn't just right, the presence of God would kill them. But we've been given through Christ. Complete access to the Holy of Holies to go right into the presence of God. And we don't need a rope or a bell. Glory to God. The Living Bible says, now we can come fearlessly right into God's presence. Now, why do you think it was such a big deal to go fearlessly into the presence of God? Because they had watched for generation after generation after generation. Moses was in the presence of God. His face shone so much they couldn't look on him. They're like, hey, put that away. Being in the presence of God. And then high priests, which was the greatest men of their time, would walk into the Holy of Holies and die, and they'd have to drag them out. And they'd walk into the Holy of Holies and they'd die, and they'd have to drag them out. And they had seen the presence of God. Nadab and Abihu, when they lit their censers with fire, the Lord struck them and burned them up in the presence of God because it was unholy. They had seen this over and over. And for years, they had to pull people out and pull people out. But now, it's remarkable. It's awesome. We, because of what Jesus did, we can now walk into the Holy of Holies without a rope, without a bell, without a concern, without being afraid for our lives. We can go to the Father. Isn't that awesome? Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Jesus, I'm not going to have you turn to it, but in John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. In Romans 13 and 12, it says, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Well, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. So when you put on the armor of light, you're putting on Jesus. You're putting on that light and who He is. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 3. This is my main text. I was trying to get us to hear. But I was trying to bring y'all along. Because I wanted to just jump to here and shout and run around the room. So, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For as many, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one with Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3.27 in the NIV says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. The Amplified says you have put on clothed yourself with Christ. The New Living says and all who have been united with Christ are baptized in baptism have put on the character of Christ. Like putting on clothes. You see, do you remember the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son? Now, the son was a ruler's son and he had a brother. And the younger brother, he went to his father and he said, I'm tired of being around this farm and working all of this stuff. I want to go play. So if you could just give me what falls to my side, I'm blowing this popsicle stand and I'm going to go somewhere else and play. And so the father, the word says, he divided it between them. He didn't just give the younger son his. He divided it between both of them. So the older son got his too. Well, the younger son, you know the story. He went off in riotous living and he spent all he had and then a famine came. And in that famine, he joined himself to another man that was there and the man put him to work slopping the hogs. Now, I grew up with a, quite a few head of hogs. I have never ever looked longingly into a hog trough. Never have I looked at what we were feeding them and thought, oh, I should have ate that. Not one time. But this son had got to such a low state that he's feeding the hogs these pods. And as the hogs are trampled, are trampling on all of these pods. He's looking longingly. Wanting to eat. What he's slopping the pigs with. And so it comes up in him. And he's like man. Even the slaves. The servants at my dad's house. They've got it better than this. I can just go back. And I'll, I'll just crawl in. And go oh dad. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God can you just make me one of the hired servants could you just could you just make me one of the one of the slaves i'll get to eat better so he heads back and all of the way on his way home he's running through this thing he's going to tell his dad and so for however far away he was his whole walk he's starving and he's he's weak and he's dirty and he's been slopping hogs and they don't smell good You can dress them up, put them in your house. First time they get out, they're going to the mud hole. They don't understand any of that. So he probably doesn't smell real great. And so this young man's headed home, and all of his way home, he's going, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. Just make me one of your servants. That's what I tell him. No, no, I'll go, Oh, I've sinned against you. I got. And he's got this whole thing playing in his mind of exactly how to enunciate every syllable and how to fall at his father's feet and just go, if you'd just take me back. I know I wasn't nice when I left, but if you'd just take me back. And so he does. And then when he gets to the hillside and his father's yet a long ways off, his father is watching You see, that's what our Father does. If you've fallen away from God, He's still watching, waiting for the moment, scanning the horizon, looking for any life form that moves like you move, any life form that walks the way you walk or stands the way you stand. He's looking out there going, He's coming back. I know He's coming back. I don't know where He is just yet, but He's coming back. And so the Father the moment he clears the hill and he starts walking, the father takes off and runs. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about that, but they normally wore the robe with not a whole lot under it. It's pretty hot where they live. And when you run, the robe flaps. So rich, dignified people, they don't run Remember uh, David's wife. She didn't think it was very good for him to dance before the Lord because he was unrobed and it was undignified, unkingly. Well, this is a rich ruler. And he takes off running to his son. And he runs out there. and, And apparently the servants were relatively close behind because he's able to immediately talk to them after he greets his son. And he runs up and he hugs his son. Pig smell... Dirt and all. And his son takes off on this chant of, Oh, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned. And his dad's not paying any attention. His dad's not even thinking about it. His dad's looking for the servant, waiting for him to get close enough. He goes, Hey, go get the robe. We don't want anybody to see my son like this. Go get the ring and the shoes for him. I don't want anybody to see my son. Like this. I want them to see him the way I see him. I see him the way he was whenever he stood and became a man and we put the man's robe on him. I see him with the sandals and with the ring, proud. (laughs) I know we don't use that word like that. But it's, he was standing upright in a position That he held, and his dad saw him with his robe, with the shoes, with the signet ring, with all of the power, all of the glory of his son. And he immediately just kind of just cast aside all of the groveling. And he covers him up, and he brings him into the house, and he kills the fatted calf, and they have a big party. Because his son came home. His son, the most precious thing, he had lost and now he's found and now he's back. And I'm going to clothe him in this clothing so that everybody looks on him. They won't see the dirt and the smell of the pigs. They'll see the royal robe. They'll see the ring and they'll know he's mine. I want you to look at Galatians 3.27 in the Message Bible. It says, Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life. The fulfillment of God's original promise. You see, when you're a child of God, we put on Christ. Like that son put on his daddy's family's robe. We put on Christ. We put on the robe, the adult faith wardrobe. So that even though your pampers are on really tight under the robe, the enemy sees you as an adult faith person. You come into the kingdom of God, the moment you go, Lord, I need you, can you come into my life, the adult faith robe comes on. And when you spout out a couple of good words that are in faith, everything around you has to respond like you're the adult faith person. You got new clothes. I got new clothes. You got new clothes. That's the title for today. You got new clothes. Because... The moment you come into the kingdom of God, you get new clothes. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter that you kicked the dog and you threw the cat out the window. It doesn't matter that you screamed at your kids or that you did this or that. None of that matters. When you come back to God, you get new clothes. You get adult faith clothes. You get to go sickness. You don't have a place here anymore poverty and lack. You have no place here anymore. I got my adult faith clothes on. Now, once in a while we step out of it and we show our pampers off a little bit, but it's okay. You go, Lord, forgive me. I messed that up. Can you let me try that again? And he goes, here's your adult faith robe. And you get the robe back on you. So if you're here today and Things didn't go just like you thought they should have in the past. Or maybe you didn't do things exactly the way you think they ought to be. All you got to do is say, Lord, forgive me and get your adult faith robe. Put on your new clothes. Get your ring that says you're of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. you got an advocate at the right hand of the Father that every time you say something that lines up with the Word of God... He goes, Dad, Dad, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Praise God. I know my kids. When Caleb was little, and Carrie would do the same thing, I didn't always understand what he was trying to say. But I know the, yeah, what's that? What does that mean? I need a translation. Because it wasn't clear, and I wasn't to where I understood him. But the kids and Carrie, they would go, he's saying this. And then we'd get it for him. Well, he'd be upset. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know what that means. How, where do you go to the store? And you walk in. And you go. Um, I want some of that. They're going to look at you just as funny as you just looked at your son because you had no clue what he was saying. And so they would go, No, no, he's wanting this. I'm, okay, so you get it for him. That's what your advocate does in heaven. You may not know all of the faith words. You may not know all of the faith sayings. You may not have every scripture in the right proper order. But your big brother, your joint heir, he's at the right hand of the Father. And he's standing there ever making intercession for you. You know what that is? That's when you go help. And he goes, what did he say? He said, help him. Send to everybody. That's what he does. When you go, oh, I need this. And he goes, what? Not God's not hard of hearing. I'm not trying to say that. But your advocate, your brother, immediately steps in on your behalf and goes, he said this. Did you hear him? It, was, it may have been baby talk in faith and spirit language, but this is what he meant. This is what he's saying. This is what he needs. And your advocate, your brother, your joint heir, the Son of the Almighty God. He steps up on your behalf. He goes, Dad, can't you see his big boy faith robe? Can't you see it on him? This is what he needs. This is what he wants. And the Father, the Father who was willing that nobody go hungry, and he made five loaves and two fish feed 5,000 people. The Father that at a a seed of a few hours blessed them with weeks worth of pay in fishes. The Father that is abundant, above and beyond what we can ask or think or believe for. That Father, He steps in and He does what we ask because we're His kids. And we've got the robe of Christ. We have put on Christ Christ. And so when God the Father looks down on a child of God, he sees Jesus with his faith robe. Jesus, that right before He left the earth and He spoke over a fig tree and it died. Jesus, who raised the dead. Jesus, who calmed the seas. Jesus, who walked on the water. Jesus, who spoke into existence all kinds of stuff, spoke over all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease, laid hands on every one of them and they all got healed. Not one of them left out. That Jesus, that's your robe. That's your new clothes. When God the Father looks at you, He sees Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. Because when we believe on Him, we put Him on like clothes. And we walk around with the Spirit of the Lord in us and the revelation and the view and the look of Christ, the Son of the Most High God, on us. And just like we were in a restaurant and at the mention of the church, people changed. When you step up and you have the royal robe, the Christ-like robe, they only see Jesus. (laughs) They only see the God that God wants them to see. Many times... I've not responded just perfect on something. And in the end, they didn't see it or hear it that way. And so I felt bad. And I would apologize. And go, I, I don't know that I heard it that way. You see, that's God. That's God taking that response I had and turning it so they hear it and see it like Jesus would have done it. Sickness comes on somebody. And you step up with your faith robe. That's why the word says believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not an option. There isn't any provision for it not to happen. Not in the Bible. The Bible is very definite. Sickness leaves when the believer gets there. Death and sin has to leave when the believer gets there. So, no matter what you've been through, (laughs) I keep hearing stuff in my head. And it's like somebody's going, Well, you just don't know. And uh, we used to sing when we traveled a song called Pearl of Great Price. And it's about the parable of the Pearl of Great Price that Matthew records. And we sang that song all over tons and tons and tons of times. And God used it and blessed people. And one time we sang it and a guy came up to me and he said, he goes, I need to tell you a story that actually happened. And he was talking about a man who wanted to honor another person with something so great but nothing seemed good enough. And that man's son was a pearl diver. And he lived off the coast and he would dive for these great, awesome pearls. And they would dive so deep they would barely survive coming back up, chasing these pearls. And this one pearl, he dove and he saw it and he dove deeper than normal. And he had to stay longer. And he came up with the pearl in his hand. And when he came up, he had he was dying because of the effects of being so deep so long and so he obtained that one pearl and died holding on to it and this dad took this pearl he wanted to honor this guy with and he went to him and he goes this is the most precious thing i have and i want you to have it and the guy's like no i'm not worthy I I don't deserve such a thing. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, I want to honor you with the most precious thing that I could ever give you. And out of money and houses and stuff, the most precious thing I can give you is what my son died for. And so he gave him this pearl and asked him to receive it. You see... That's exactly what God's saying to everybody. It doesn't matter what you did, it doesn't matter what happened in your life. He just wants you to receive the most precious thing He could give. The most precious thing. Now, that's not just salvation, that's healing, that's finances. That's every part of the full access of the kingdom of the Most High God. So as you think about this day, no matter what happened previously, I want you to think, I got new clothes. I got new clothes. The old man has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how sick you've been. I don't care how hurt, how broke, how anything. I want you to rise up with all the faith you've got and say, I got new clothes. And it doesn't matter how everything responded before today. The only thing that matters is I'm in my new clothes. And with my new clothes, sickness responds differently. It leaves. With my new clothes, I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. With my new clothes, everything I lay my hands to, it prospers and it does. And every time I speak the word of God, my advocate, my brother Jesus, he rises up and he stands in my stead and he goes, We got to honor that. That's your word, Dad. He's speaking your word, your language, your faith. I want, let's let's honor that. I want him to have what he's got. You see, with our new clothes, we can have all access. The new robe, it comes with an all access pass. You can go anywhere. Do anything that God wants you to do because you've got all access. Glory to God. Would you stand with me? (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Craig, grab a mic and go ahead and come on up.
1: Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there may be someone in here that you don't have that new faith robe on yet. And there's probably others in here that you have it on, but you don't really see yourself with it on. Just like I said earlier, it's not about you. It's about Him. It's all about Him. Everything's about Him. Because the price has already been paid. Repeat after me. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life yet and put on that faith robe, now is the time to do it. You don't want to hesitate and you don't want to wait because it has nothing to do with your past. Nothing to do with your past. Everything to do with the decision and the words that you say right now. And that's all that it requires. Because as Brother Rob says, when you put on that new faith robe, you become a brand new person. Oh, you still got the same body. But the real you, the one that's created in the image and the likeness of God, is born again and you're brand new from this day forward. Change your thinking by getting into the Word. But if that's you, let's just all say it together. Heavenly Father, I choose today to put on that new robe. I choose today to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Jesus, from this moment forward, I turn my life over to you. Lead me. Guide me. Direct me. And when I miss it, pick me back up. Get me back on track. And if I already do have that robe, and if I have missed it, I just confess that sin. I know you're righteous. And not only do you forgive me, but you cleanse me. So, Father, I thank you. Glory to God. Now, from today on, remember this teaching that Brother Rob gave us. You've got on that new robe. Glory to God. You may not feel like it. You may not look like it, but you've got it on. And you have an advocate with the Father. You know, the Scriptures tell us that we can boldly come into the throne room of grace. And He's there to help us with every step. Altar workers, you'll you come forward. You know, maybe you need to talk to someone. Maybe you need to shout with someone. Well, as we're dismissed, as they sing, the altar workers are up here. They want to share with you. They want to pray with you. Or maybe you've never been baptized through the Holy Ghost to the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, they want to pray with that too. Take it all. Get everything He's got for us. Glory to God. Amen? Singers, let's go ahead and we'll sing.